I think sometimes a lot of us, we're always maybe being a little bit too perfectionist and sometimes we might have to be making peace with, actually, I've delivered it in this way and I'm happy with it and not keep chasing a really overextended version of ourselves. Welcome to Career Relaunch, the podcast focused on helping you create a more fulfilling career. My name is Joseph Liu, and I'm here to help you gain the clarity, confidence, and courage to overcome the challenges of making changes to your career so you can do more meaningful work and enjoy your professional life. In each episode, I feature people who have stepped off the beaten path to reinvent their careers and successfully make a major career change. We talk through their unique personal stories, the challenges they overcame, and the lessons they learned along the way to help you take your own brave steps to improve your career and life. Today, my guest is going to explain how she relaunched her career from being a digital agency account manager to becoming a happiness consultant. We'll discuss how you can become happier with your work and the importance of refueling yourself so you can serve others. Afterwards, during today's Mental Fuel, I'll talk about how I deal with the pressure I put on myself. Today, I'm speaking with Samantha Clark, who shares advice on the small things you can do to make a big difference to your happiness. She does this work as a happiness consultant, podcaster, speaker, and online trainer at the Growth and Happiness School. Her podcast series, Conversations with Samantha and, covers conversations with technologists, talent heads, and startup founders on the impact of technology on our happiness in work and life. She's been featured in Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, Harper's Bazaar, and The Evening Standard. Now, I first crossed paths with Samantha when we served together on a career panel on personal branding, and I hope you enjoy hearing her thoughts on this topic of happiness. Samantha spoke with me from London, England. Okay, Samantha, well, thank you so much for joining me here on Career Relaunch. Really excited to talk to you. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, can we start by just having you tell us what you're focused on right now in your career and your life? So right now, I am part focused on growing my online school, the Growth and Happiness School, which is really about identifying and helping people to become happier in their work. And I'm doing that through training programs and one to enable people to become happiness consultants. And another one is really around being happy at first in your work or how you show up and and deliver your work. I'm also really loving the work that I'm doing with a client, Deshoom. They're a restaurant company. And I've been doing a lot of strategic development on the staff there in terms of their leadership and helping them to kind of evolve and be able to grow as the company scales very quickly and opens different restaurants across the UK. Well, I've been there myself. They got some really good food. So that's very cool that you're working with them. Now you identify yourself, Samantha, as a happiness consultant. I know that's just one of the many titles that you, you've got because you do have a portfolio career and you're involved with a lot, but can you just explain exactly what a happiness consultant does? A happiness consultant, for me, I operate under the umbrella of creating happiness at work, and I help individuals and companies make work happiness a priority. So from the company perspective, I work with startup founders, heads of people and talent, general HR, to really help them scope out how to create environments that nurture, support, and develop their employees and take them to the next level. I also help them identify how to navigate the impact of technology in the workplace. And for individuals, I'm a lecturer at the School of Life and I run Guardian Masterclasses. And for me, my aim is to really help individuals figure out how they want to show up 
and think about their own work happiness as an individual. Because I strongly believe that whilst I can help the companies really create better environments, I think it's an individual has the drive and they should see it as their goal to really find uh, ways of making themselves happy at work. So I run workshops around how to create a portfolio career, how to be more confident, how to communicate better and build better work relationships. That's essentially what I do in terms of happiness at work. Now, I'd love to come back to that because I know that you've got a lot of really interesting insights on how to fill your happiness tank and the impact that technology has on people's happiness. So I'd love to loop back to that topic because I know you've got some interesting insights there. But I was wondering if we could first go back, Samantha, and talk about what you were doing before you were focused on helping people become happier in the workplace and talk about your time in agency account management, and then we can move forward from there. Can you just explain to me what you were up to before you were a happiness consultant? It's been a very interesting journey getting to this state of bliss in my own work happiness. I started out many moons ago as an account manager at a digital ad agency, and I really enjoyed the kind of branding and strategic thinking, but I felt like I was just a bit of a a go-between between like the client and the creative, and I just didn't feel very purposeful in my work. And I also really didn't feel morally in tune with what I was selling. It was promoting a lot of sugary cereal brands and diet bars. And I just felt like every day, everything felt very meaningless to kind of offset how I was feeling in my day job and how demotivated I felt. I spent my evenings retraining in footwear and fashion and history of design I really thought that I was going to move into a career in making shoes. I started working in the factories on the weekends and then I produced like my first semi bespoke footwear line and I loved it. But we went into recession and the backers that I had found to kind of really help scale my business were suddenly very cool about the idea of launching a footwear label like in a recession. And so I started just helping people who had been made redundant or were kind of thinking about taking the leap to work for themselves to look at how to personally brand them. The issue was that as we were doing that and we were having a lot of fun doing a mixture of styling and doing a mixture of confidence building, they were just complaining about work all the time. I was listening to all these people and I finally felt like I'd found my place in the world in terms of what I was supposed to do for work. It sounds like what you're describing is this sort of natural evolution from what you used to be doing to what you're doing now, which is something you really love. Were there any particularly challenging moments as you were on your journey toward becoming an independent consultant that come to mind? First and foremost, I think it's having the confidence to go out on your own. I think I had the ideas and I was really relatable and approachable to people and I didn't come from a very entrepreneurial family. You know, my parents were very much like, you should get a job and, you know, really, why aren't you saving for your pension and all of this kind of stuff? And I really wanted to, you know, I was carried away with the whole idea of figuring out how to be your own boss, how to create something from nothing. But there are a lot of challenges along the way there in terms of maintaining momentum, thinking about how you market and sell yourself and how you pitch in ideas and things like that. So for me, I think it was that kind of figuring out how I pull it all together when I didn't have any reference points. 
Yeah, I know what you mean. I've been on that journey myself, and I know one of the complicated aspects, especially when you're creating your own thing, is just trying to figure out how to package it all up and to also be learning as much as you can on the side. How did you balance all of that, like investing in yourself versus trying to build your business? Because I don't know about you, but I noticed that um, there's just not enough hours in the day to fill all that in. And also, it can be really exhausting to do that. How did you manage that all for yourself? I had some positive and negative times around that. So um, I personally, I, I have um, sickle cell, which is like a blood disorder that can give you really painful attacks sometimes. And there was a period, I think it's probably 2012, I was really sick. And I basically had quite a lot of time on my hands because I was just in bed. And I was. that's when I did a lot of my learning and I learned, I studied a lot of online courses and then when I was kind of back up to speed and able to get running again, that's kind of how I managed to put the stuff in action. For me personally, I'm also very wary about how I manage my energy and my my health whilst I'm kind of trying to work and deliver really good training programs or consultancy and also still be up to date. And so now I find that I really structure my calendar and I batch out time for strategy and visualizing and learning the same way that I've been thinking about how you automate your money when you're working for yourself. I've kind of been looking at how do I operate the same framework to learning and to having the discipline around that too. I think that's part and parcel of why I was very keen to put together the thoughts and the processes behind how you be happy first. That's key when you are a consultant to really batch out your time accordingly and think about what's going to be right for your personal development, what's right for your business development, and what's right just generally for how you want to live your life and the people that are are around you as well. So you're getting structured time for all and just being disciplined about it. Well, let's talk a little bit about your insights as a happiness consultant and this concept of energy. One of the things Samantha, that you talk about is the importance of filling your happiness tank so that you can serve others without burning out, which I think is what you're just referring to. And we normally talk about people burning out doing work they dislike. What have you noticed about burnout amongst people who are actually doing work they love? Yeah, that's the biggest one because there's a lot of coaches, there's a lot of consultants, there's a lot of yogis. And when you're so passionate about what it is that you want to give to the world, but I think it's really crucial for individuals to think, you know, how am I refueling myself in a way that I'm still giving really nourishing and useful insights and my skills to my clients? The first one is really looking at what do you need to put down? So what are the things that you need to maybe let go of? give up, make peace with. I think sometimes a lot of us in service or delivering skills, we're always maybe being a little bit too perfectionist. And sometimes we might have to be making peace with, actually, I've delivered it in this way and I'm happy with it and not keep chasing a really overextended version of ourselves. I think there's something around how we can be a little bit more vulnerable. I think sometimes when you are working as a consultant or a coach or whatever, we love to give, but understanding how you can be open enough to receiving as well is really beneficial. Really thinking about what you can do 
to make space for certain things in your calendar. So we've already touched on how do we make space to learn? How do we do all of that? But there's also the self-care, like what is the time that you need to dedicate to making sure that you switch off and that you don't have all this tech time or that you've got a wind up routine in the morning and a wind down one in the evening. The other area is thinking about your support system. I think it's really important if you are in a job where you're delivering to somebody else every day, who is there to give you the support you need? What are the foundations that you need? Maybe it's friends and family. Maybe it's an external coach. Maybe it's being able to talk to somebody about whatever's going on in your business so that you're not bottling it up. And then I think it's important to keep challenging yourself. So I always say, you know, what, what can you destroy and rebuild to keep innovative and to keep growing? And I think if you really work through all of those key phases and identify, you know, what's working, what isn't working, and maybe do that as a reflection exercise, maybe once a month or maybe once a quarter to think about it you'll start to see some differences in yourself and you'll start to see what you need to change and what habits you need to break. Has there been a particular change that you have made in your own life, Samantha, that you have found has made the biggest difference to your own happiness? I'm listening to my gut a lot more and being very intuitive about what feels right. I think maybe when you're starting off and you're trying to work for yourself, you take on a lot of things that don't energetically feel right. And I think there's something really valuable about trusting your gut. And that has made me a lot happier in terms of knowing when to say no to certain projects, when certain collaborations don't feel right, and just letting go of it. I think that's what I, you know, one of the areas where I'm comfortable in making peace with certain projects that I don't get involved in, because I just know it's not right for me. It's either not right for me from a health perspective or it's just not right in terms of where I want to go this quarter in my work. And I think another thing that I I find really useful for my own personal happiness is really showing appreciation and being really grateful for the clients that I work with, like on a daily basis and being honest with the fact that, you know, yes, some of it is definitely good work that I'm delivering, but it's also a choice that people are making to spend time in your presence and to give you money. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah, those are some really good tips. I know that early on when I started my own consultancy, I definitely, it took me a while to learn that lesson that you're talking about where you just say no to things, even especially during those times when you know it's not right, because I think there can be a tendency to just try to say yes to everything. You had alluded to technology earlier, Samantha, when you're talking about those different steps of how to refuel yourself. How does technology affect people's happiness and what you've observed in your own work? When we look at technology, it's so intuitive and useful to how we work. But at the same time, you know, we have to think, is it serving me or am I serving it? In the workplace, I see a lot of distraction, people just feeling really like they're on the email treadmill. And I think in terms of social media, when we think about it from a life perspective, there's a lot of uh, media that people are consuming that perhaps isn't right for their psyche or, you know, in terms of how they want to spend their time. And so I feel like we're just constantly at the behest of the technology itself, you know, be it your phone or be it the apps. You know, a lot of these products have real addictive cycles and it's up to us to start to be mindful of our habits and when we feel vulnerable and triggered to use technology and 
what we might need to do to remove or to pay attention to those triggers to make some changes. And monitoring, I think a lot of people don't really know how much time they are spending on technology. If it is just checking emails or their phone or different social media platforms. And I think the more that we can be conversant on how we're using our time across different platforms, the better and more equipped you'll be to make the right changes. That's great advice. I definitely have noticed myself, especially in the era of Facebook Live and Instagram stories, I almost feel this urge and pressure to check it, like that addictive nature that you're talking about. I definitely notice that I am having those sorts of urges as much as I hate to admit it. So thanks for sharing some of those tips on how to manage that. I would love to wrap up, Samantha, by talking a little bit more about the Growth and Happiness School that you just launched. Can you just tell me a little bit more about the school's goals and a few of the topics that you cover? As a consultant, I've really been intrigued by how I can put myself in a place of positivity to be able to give to others. And I've always known for myself individually that you can't serve from an empty well. And I find a lot of managers, founders, yogis, wellness professionals, coaches, consultants, they don't always take the time to fill up their own tank. And, you know, like we go on planes and they always say, you know, put your seatbelt on first before you're kids or whatever. I think it's really true. And so that course is what will be going live in 2018 to really give people the foundations of how can I put myself in a place of real positivity and strength and growth and happiness so that I can continue to flourish and pass the baton on to others. Well, if people want to learn more about your work, Samantha, or if they want to learn more about your growth and happiness school, where can they go? So my personal website is www.samanthaand.co and the Growth and Happiness School is just growthandhappiness.co. Great. Well, thank you so much, Samantha. We'll include all those links in the show notes and just appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to tell us a little bit more about your life as a happiness consultant, the importance of making sure you're taking care of yourself and also how you manage your own happiness in the workplace. So best of luck with your work and with your new school. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's been great. So I hope you enjoyed hearing Samantha's thoughts on happiness in the workplace, the impact of technology on your happiness, and the importance of self-care. Now it's time to wrap up with today's Mental Fuel, where I'm going to talk about my own struggles with overextending myself in my own career. Before we get to today's Mental Fuel, I wanted to thank Brand Yourself for supporting this episode of Career Relaunch. Brand Yourself offers simple tools and services to help control what people find when they Google you. To clean up, protect, and improve how you look online, visit brandyourself.com and use promo code RELAUNCH to get 50% off a premium membership. This is the part of the show called Mental Fuel, where I finish the show with a brief personal story related to one of the topics we covered today and wrap up with a simple challenge to help you move forward with your own career goals. So for today's Mental Fuel, I wanted to pick up on one of the ideas Samantha touched on about chasing an overextended version of yourself. And that got me thinking about the fact that I actually do this a lot myself. I'm generally more comfortable working toward tackling those goals I haven't achieved than just being happy with the things I have achieved. And I've actually thought about this a lot. And it's not really about me being ungrateful for the things I've achieved. I really do appreciate what I have in my life. But Pushing myself is more about making sure I just don't get complacent. 
Because I've found that you never really know what sort of curveballs life can throw at you or what can suddenly get taken away from you when you least expect it. So I really try not to assume I've ever got everything figured out and I try not to fall into the trap of getting too comfortable with my achievements. I'll give you an example of how this plays out for me. When I think about my own business and self-employment journey, the majority of my income comes from paid speaking engagements and workshops I deliver at business schools, organizations, and conferences. And while this seems to be working fine right now, I sort of have this, call it productive paranoia, that all these gigs could suddenly go away all at once. Now, this hasn't happened yet, but it could happen. So a while back, I was basically taking on every single engagement that came my way, every one-on-one coaching client, every speaking opportunity, and every workshop someone would propose sort of as my way of making sure I had some sort of a buffer and to avoid having all my eggs in one basket. Now, on the one hand, I actually think this sort of always hustling mentality is good. Constantly pushing myself to do more, pursue more, and achieve more keeps me on the front foot. It allows me to come at my work from a place of confidence, and I think it also allows me to just feel like if things did fall apart, I could at least say I was giving it my all every step of the way. But on the other hand, this constant hustle can be exhausting. I really did overextend myself a couple years ago, and it drove me to the point where I was both mentally and physically burned out, something I talked about in episode 16 with Salonia Tedros. So I was back in San Francisco last summer, and one of my friends asked me how things were going with my business. And I said things were fine, but that I still felt like I wanted to secure this gig or write for this publication or reach a certain level of listenership on my podcast. And she finally interrupted me and asked me, okay, so have you defined what exact level of achievement would actually make you happy? And she reminded me that I actually had achieved what I had described to her the year prior, but now it seemed like I was still not happy with where I'd gotten. And that's probably because I hadn't actually clearly defined what I would consider success. And she was honest enough with me to tell me that it seemed like I was constantly moving the goalposts in my own career, which seemed sort of unfair to myself and exhausting. And as Samantha put it, like I was chasing an overextended version of myself. So I'm sharing this with you because I definitely see the value in pushing yourself to achieve more, to work more, to do more, to balance more. But at some point, it's really important to get very clear with yourself on what would be enough to make you happy, knowing you could always chase more. Part of this is about recognizing what you really need to be happy, and part of it is also about being kind enough to yourself to set realistic goals that don't stretch you to the point where you can't be your best self. Now, this is something I'm constantly working on myself because pushing myself has been productive in my own career, but at the same time, I can see the value in setting realistic goals that don't push me beyond my limits. So it's something I hope this episode can help you think about too. This takes me to a quote from Ariana Huffington. Don't just climb the ladder of success, a ladder that leads, after all, to higher and higher levels of stress and burnout. But chart a new path to success, remaking it in a way that includes not just the conventional metrics of money and power, but a third metric that includes well-being, wisdom, wonder, and giving, so that the goal is not just to succeed, but to thrive. 
Before we go today, I just wanted to share this kind voicemail from Karina in Amsterdam, who enjoys listening to the show. Hey, Joseph. My name is Karina. I live in Amsterdam, and I found you on YouTube as I was scrolling down some TED Talks, and yours really spoke to me. I now have a daily routine where I take long walks and I listen to your podcast, which I find very inspiring. The dream would be to one day maybe participate as a guest, as that would mean I have found and installed myself in the next chapter of my career, and I would therefore love to be of any help for others facing what I am going through right now. So thank you so much again, and keep the episodes coming. Well, Karina, thanks so much for taking the time to share your thoughts. I'm really happy to hear you find these stories to be inspiring during those long walks. And we can definitely explore featuring you as a guest on Career Relaunch one day. I actually really love the idea of featuring listeners' stories on the show. And I know you and I have already exchanged a few emails. So as I mentioned, I definitely welcome you dropping me another note if and when you're ready to share your story. In the meantime, best of luck figuring out the next chapter of your career. And I hope you continue to enjoy the show. If you're interested in sharing your thoughts with me about the show, I'd love for you to leave me a voicemail at careerrelaunch.net slash voicemail, or just share a voice recording with me from your phone, which you can email to joseph at careerrelaunch.net. I always really enjoy hearing the voices from our listener community and featuring those voices on the show. Also, if you want to get a summary of all the ideas and notes from today's show, or learn more about our guest, Samantha, visit careerrelaunch.net slash 38. Thanks so much for being part of the Career Relaunch community, and a special thanks again to Samantha Clark for sharing her story with us today. This episode was mixed by Richard Pennington, Electrocardiogram wrote and performed our original theme song. I'm Joseph Liu, and I'll see you next time.